thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unleashed Faith. Welcome back if you are my faithful listener, and if you are new, I'm so glad you could join me this week. This podcast is intended for any woman who is willing to set aside and allow God to take full control over your life. Although I do have some guy listeners that do join me each week, and that is totally such a blessing to me as well. So continue to join me each week as I share moments of my life and how God is working on me. Allow me to become your mentor, your friend, and your sister in Christ as we live a radical life for Jesus together, learning tools and tips on how we can continue to mature in our faith daily. So if you're ready, grab a pen and your notepad and let's dig in. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in again. uh, We are getting back on track with our Women of the Bible series that we've been doing and going through. And this week is a a woman particular. I know a couple of my listeners, this is is their favorite woman of the Bible. And this woman particular, she is labeled as an outcast. She's labeled unclean. She is mocked within her town. Uh, People obviously talk about her. They slander her name. Um, She's called all of these horrific names. And even in scripture, we don't specifically know her name. She's just uh, known to us as the Samaritan at the well. And her story is so, even though um, she was broken and she was just doing life on her own, whenever Jesus met her at the well in that moment. It was just like a huge transformation happened. And we're going to talk about that as we read her story. And I think sometimes we find ourselves sitting at the well waiting on Jesus. And we're just asking him for direction and and guidance on situations or just to cleanse our soul and help us uh, be restored and be refreshed and, and be renewed within his word and um, I love her story. I've read it multiple times. It's something that uh, I've been through with um, other teachings. And so it's just great to go back and read it again and just hear a different perspective on it and just to grab something else from it. And I just, I love that whenever we read things over and over that God shows us different things. And I know I say that a lot, but it's so true. And I I think it's just a beautiful thing that um, we have when we build our relationship with Christ. And so many of us have faced battles and we've had mountains that have seemed almost impossible to climb. You know, maybe it's health problems, maybe it's financial situations. It could be spiritual situations that you're trying to overcome. Uh, I know like a couple of weeks I talked about being in a drought. That was tough, but I got through it. Uh, I had friends, I had family um, supporting and praying for me through that. It could another mountain that you feel that's un- impossible to get over. Maybe a, a situation with a family member. It could be emotional. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It could be suicidal thoughts. Um, it could also be a situation in a relationship that you just can't seem to, you're climbing up this mountain and you just can't seem to get to the top to get over and just kind of take a deep breath. But whenever we mature in our relationship with Christ, we understand that when we're moving on those mountains and we're struggling through the terrain, he is right there with us. He is guiding us. He is providing for us. And that's the amazing thing about our God. And as a believer, you have to, no matter what the circumstances, have that positive perspective 
on these type of situations because we know that God will take care of us as long as we put our faith and trust in him. And I know that's so much easier said than done, but whenever we're going through things and it just seems like there is a dark cloud that is just on us and we just can't seem to get a break in the storm, we have to take a step back. We have to take a deep breath. And then we always have to say that our God is so much bigger than this. And whenever you can just give that affirmation to yourself and to your spirit, it will give you a sense of peace. It may not take away the situation, but I promise you that you will be able to take steps forward in that situation or circumstance to be able to see the calm after that storm. Or you may be able to have a victory of whatever you're going through. Um, I know whenever I get in those uh, cycles of depression, I know the things that I have to do to work through them. And it, excuse me, I don't know when I work through them and I see the sunshine and I see uh, the breakthrough with that. I just thank God so much for one. I'm not saying that I'm thankful to have depression <laughs> or anxiety, but I'm thankful for the tools that he has given me to utilize on how to go through that without medication and without, um, you know, turning to alcohol or anything like that to try to deal with it on my own because I'm no longer dealing with it on my own. I'm dealing with it with a father and I've gotten really good to, to know my body and to know my mind and to know when I'm going into those um, situations. And I just love that I've grown so much in my relationship with Christ that I'm able to apply it when I'm in those turmoils and circumstances. And and I hope you out there, uh, whatever you're struggling with, that you're able to to start doing that as well. And I hope like just be by, me by sharing that and being transparent, it encourages you to find tools and outlets on what you can do when you're going through those cycles. I, if you need to reach out to me, I can give you some tips that I use. Um, I might even do a, a pod on it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, getting into today's story, we're going to hear, like I said, about the woman who she was an outcast in her town. She was ashamed, really, of you know who she was. And she, for that, and for being ashamed and feeling ashamed, she didn't even want to go to draw water in the center of this town the same time as all the other women in the town went. The women would go in the morning where the weather was nice and cool. And here she would go around noon, noonish, where it was the sun was just scorching down. But because she felt ashamed and she felt that she was just not wanted and unworthy, she would go when there was no one else. And because she did that, eventually she had an amazing Jesus encounter. And we're going to read her story today. But as we're reading here in the first section, you're going to hear that she kind of questions Jesus because he is a Jew. And in that time, uh, the Samaritans did not speak to the Jews or Jews did not speak to the Samaritans. Uh, And Samaritans, they believed in false gods and Jews worshipped our one and only God. So they despised each other. And I believe it's in 2 Kings 17 that you can read into that and go into more detail and hear about the hatred between each other. Uh, But today we are going to be in the book of John. We're going to be in John 4. 
I will be in Psalms just a little bit um, towards the end of the pod, but uh, right now we're going to get into her story. So uh, my doodlers, I love saying that. I love knowing that you guys are out there taking notes. So go ahead and get your notes out. Um, If you're going to follow along with your Bible, great. I am reading out of the NIV today. And I'm going to read John 4. It's going to be 7 through 26. But I'm going to stop and kind of pick apart and break down and talk a little bit. Um, And then we're going to get back into her, the whole main of the story here. So um, if you are, have a pen available, please get that out. We will be underlining some things. Um, And these are things that I'd never underlined before, but praying and, and working on this teaching today, I uh, was like, Ooh, that's good. That I never read it. Like I read it before. So Uh, Right now we're going to, like I said, we're going to get started. So John 4 verse 7 is where I'm going to start reading. And it says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had already gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So here already, I love how it says, um, and you can underline in verse 10, it says, he had given you living water. So uh, a couple of my notes I had, I've told y'all in the past episodes, I've been going through my notes, but God is called the fountain of life and the spring of living water. And in saying that is he would bring living water that could forever quench a person's thirst for God. Jesus was claiming to be the Messiah here. So believe it or not, this is the first time that he actually says, hey, I'm the Messiah is within the story of the Samaritan woman. And we're going to continue to read that. Uh, Verses uh, verse 11 says, um, sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? So it's kind of like she's already questioning. She doesn't know really what the living water is. She thinks it's just the water in the well. Um, And she continues to read in verse 12, says, I'm sorry. uh, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who has given us this well and drank from it itself? And as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, and I highlighted these next two verses. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in the spring of water, welling up to eternal life. So here again, he is physically saying, like, if you get this water from this well, you're going to always be thirsty. But if you take and receive the water that I'm going to give you, then you will never thirst again. And I love that. I love it. It's so beautiful. In verse 15, it says, a woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I think it's so funny in a sense, like I know she, she didn't know the whole picture, but it is funny uh, reading that. And he told her, go call your husband and come back. And she says, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you're so right. 
okay, well, he didn't say you were so right. I added that. <laughs> but it says you are right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is that you have had five husbands and the man you have now is not even your husband. What you just said is quite true. So this woman could have lied. She could have been like, okay, I'm going to go tell my, the, my husband, the guy I'm with. Um, and instead she like boldly spoke up and said, I do not have a husband. And then I could just only imagine the shift in her, uh, well, one, her face or, and her emotions too, when she hears Jesus say things about her that she would have never guessed he would have known. And that just goes back to knowing that our God and Jesus, they know everything about us. They know our past. They know our right now and our present. And they know our future because scripture says that God has already gone before us. And I, I love, I'm so grateful that he has because I know when I get to that next step that if it's going to be trouble and it's going to be turmoil, he's going to be right there with me because he's already going to know that I've already made that step in that direction. And I think it's great. It's beautiful. Uh, verse 19, I'm going to stop here for just a minute. And it says, sir, the woman said, I can see you are a prophet. Our, our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews came to the place where you worshiped in Jerusalem. And so we're, I'm going to stop there for a moment. So the Samaritan woman at the well, she was a sinner. We've read that here. Uh, she was an adulteress five times over and she could have met any other person at that well that the same day but instead she met with Jesus which I think is so amazing and you know that is when here in this moment it's the first time that Jesus the Messiah revealed himself to her and this was also the first time that he revealed himself as the Messiah uh you know when Jesus said to her give me it wasn't the drink of water he was asking for from the well it, he was wanting something more from her he was wanting her to uh surrender in that moment and to just uh surrender and be able to wash away her past and then from this passage it also shows that these, uh, jesus didn't even need anything from her he wanted something from her. And I think that's such a beautiful thing is he needed her to worship. And, and in that instance, we can kind of relate to that, that Jesus doesn't need anything from us. He wants something from us. He wants our worship to him and our worship of, you know, that one person is refreshing to God. Uh, I'm sorry, the worship of one, just one person is refreshing to God himself. You know, that we are all sinners. Christ died for us. And all he is asking us to do is to worship and praise him. You know, this Samaritan woman, she was the first evangelist in her village to speak to Jesus. The truth set her free. She was no longer um, an outcast. She was no longer unclean. And I'm going to uh, continue reading real quick. And it's going to verses 21 here. Woman, Jesus replied. I love that, that it just says woman. And then it goes on to whatever else he was saying here. Uh, and I do believe that it was kind of like woman, like, hey, trying to get her attention like our husbands do when they're trying to tell us something. 
Uh, but it says, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For sal- salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, and they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared to her, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. So again, I'm sure her jaw dropped. I'm sure she's like, oh my God. I am actually standing here in the middle of the day, ashamed and embarrassed on who I am. And I am actually talking to Christ himself. Like, wow. I'm sure she had to take a step back and just kind of like her mind. She might have been thinking that she was just going to meet someone else. And then here it was. She didn't realize, I think, until that specific moment that she was actually talking to him. I think it's just like a radical kind of situation, you know, and it's like us too. like there, you never know who you're talking to out there in this world. You never know if the something that you say is going to quench someone's thirst and lead them to the cross or get them interested in Christ. So we have to be, uh, you know, I heard a podcast the other day that we are all in ministry, whether we're leading it or whether we're behind the scenes, or whether we're just kind of in a part of it as like another sister participating in a Bible study. We're all called to ministry. We're all called to spread the good news and the good word. And that is our calling and duty as disciples. And so when we're rooted and we're grounded in God's total love for us, nothing, nothing can be against us. No more shame, no more guilt, no more burdens, no more worries. Christ transforms us with his love and our worship is the thirst Christ is looking for. He is asking us to pour out our spirit. And that's where I want to read real quick, jumping over to Psalms 42, 2. Let me get there. And it says here, and again, this is still the NIV. And it says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When When can I go and meet with God? So this is talking about, obviously, the thirst of God and those who seek and find him find that never ending love that he has for us. It is something that I um, am always needing to quench my thirst, that I am needing his word every single day to saturate my heart and saturate my spirit so that I'm equipped and able to get out side of this of my home and my safe space so that I can minister to others and I can be aware and vigilant when the enemy is ready to attack us at any time and Genesis to Revelation it describes a God that doesn't take from us and it's a God that continuously gives to us and that is something so special and so rewarding in so many ways. And if you give him your sadness, he's going to give you joy in return. 
If you give your heaviness and your burdens over to him, he's going to turn it into praise. He's going to turn it into victories. He will turn your shame that you have and the feeling of unworthiness and not good enough into beauty and into a beautiful masterpiece. And when we're broken or our worship or, or, you know, whenever we're broken and things are just, we feel like it's just crumbled our worship is silenced in a sense because in that moment we're so vulnerable that we're we're just sitting there we're waiting on God to do something without us kind of doing anything when in reality we have to have that mindset that uh we have to let go of what the the kind of mindset of we can't until God does we can't do that we can't live like that if we worship him at our lowest in the valleys and when we're broken when we're full of the depression and we're just sadness or financial struggles or whatever it is. And if we take all of that burden and we lay everything at his feet and give it over to him and say, Lord, I give this all over to you. I'm asking you to guide me, to restore me, to renew me and lay it all at his feet. He will then in return to you, give you so many wonderful things that you need. He will, he will repair your broken heart. Uh, Psalms 34, 18 says the Lord is close to the broken heart and then saves those who are crushed in spirit. That is a verse that saved my life. It is a short verse. It doesn't, uh, if you first read it, if you don't comprehend it, it, it doesn't mean a lot, but when it saves you from the pits of hell, it is something that um, you cling to and you live your life on. And it is important to have that verse that you can repeat and you can memorize and you can say it whenever you're in the midst of struggle. And again, whenever you lay everything over to him, he's going to return it to you. But what's in a positive perspective, he's going to return it to you uh, with infinite and in a kind of faith that will never run dry. And we have to be able to trust him in that. And I, the Samaritan, the Samaritan at the well, it's a beautiful story. If you have ever uh, got a chance to watch the chosen series, um, her story is in that, that series. And it, it is so brought to life, being able to visualize the moment and just her expression on her face and just all of the, the, it was almost like a sign of relief. Like I no longer have to hide because Christ, the Messiah, he knows who I am. He knows of my past, but yet he still loves me. He still loves me. And we know as we continue reading that the woman goes into the town proclaiming the Messiah is who she met and who she spoke to. And she's just out there just sharing the amazing love that he is he has given to her in that special moment and i want to just close out with a question that i have for you and uh, if you got the chance just as a samaritan woman did to meet jesus at a well with no one around no distractions how do you think that conversation would go what are things that you would say to him what would you say to him? Would you say anything at all? Would you just, I'm, for me, I would start crying. Y'all know me, I'm a crier and I would just start crying. But I want you to really think about that. What would you say to him? What do you think he would say to you? Get into some quiet time today or this week. Share share this episode with somebody uh, who God put on your heart. Ask them to definitely do 
what I'm asking you to do right now is just to think of it. Think of you as a Samaritan woman at the well. What, what, how would your conversation would go? What are things that he would say to you? What would you say to him? Uh, I love you all. Thank you so much for continuing to just um, tune in week after week and supporting the podcast. The ebook is now available for purchase. It is $5. I am looking into purchasing uh, actual books. So that is something that's in the making. Just be praying that that all uh, gets approved through the publisher and we can get it printed out for you guys. But I'm going to close in prayer today. I just feel like that's something that's on my heart. And as always, you guys be blessed and stay focused. Um, Just bow your heads wherever you're at. Oh Lord, we come to you. Lord, uh, you have moved in such a mighty way as I record this. My heart is so renewed. My spirit is just full of you, Lord. I thank you um, for my sisters and brothers who are listening to this pod. I pray that um, you provided them the words that they needed today. Thank you for being such a loving God and loving us for all of our flaws and our failures and our circumstances. And I pray that the battle that we're carrying right now on our shoulders and on our lives, that we're able to leave, give it over to you, Father, that we're able to surrender it in this moment and not pick it back up. Let us share and re- and let us share and your love with others and just help them be able to grow in their relationship with you. If we, there are brothers or sisters out there that are feeling trapped or helped down, held down, I just pray that you remove the circumstances from whatever they're going through. Turn their shame into love through you, Father. Guide them, guide them to the well of the living water, which is you, Father, and fill them with full of faith that will never run dry. In your holy name we pray. Amen.